Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 68, yes, episode 68 today here on the Hooper's Log, episode 68 on a special TNT Tuesday as the All-Star break is now only about three days away and TNT is doing two nights this week, uh, both from Toronto, obviously, the whole NBA world is focused in on Toronto and what they're going to be representing here over the next couple of, uh, the next week, week and a half. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time in the world of basketball here over the next couple of weeks, uh, as as obviously a lot of players are already in their break mode, getting ready to pretty much uh, just kind of pack it in uh, for a little bit here as the uh, as the NBA is getting it started. So we're gonna start off today with a lot of college basketball. No Andrew Norris today uh, in uh, in the. In the world of in the world of basketball, a lot has been going on in the world of college basketball. Clearly, the rankings are out as of yesterday. I have them right here. The fresh all rankings are all on my desk, ready to go. We do need to get some Kevin Hart in here first, but obviously, if you heard my Steph Curry, uh, if you heard my Steph Curry piece um, yesterday at, in the podcasted version, if you'd like to call in and talk about it, please feel free to do so. The phone number is three two three six four two. One five five eight. Again, go back and listen to episode sixty-seven. If you're listening live here on episode sixty-eight, please feel free to call in in the FanDuel studios here on the Hoopers Lock episode sixty-eight through CLNS Radio on the Apple Podcast. <laughs> I caught a little bit of a uh, uh, an air bubble there in my throat. <laughs> Apologies for that. Woo. Uh, anyway, if you'd like to call back in, the phone number is three two three six four two one five five eight. Is the number episode sixty-eight here on the Hoopers Log? We're talking college basketball to begin. Also, we'll talk NBA and recap what's gone on here over the last couple of weeks. Let's get it going. Let's get it going, Kevin Hart. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Yes, sir. Kevin Hart is in the building. We're here in the building. No Andrew Norris, busy, busy man there as he gets it done at work. Uh, In the world of college basketball, let's just recap what happened last night. Number three, Oklahoma facing number 24, Texas. In Oklahoma, the Red River shootout version of basketball. Basketball version of the Red River shootout. Oklahoma wins 63-60, to getting the victory there. Obviously, moving forward, number three in the nation now. We'll, we'll break down the rankings here in just a moment. Louisville ranked 13th. You can expect them to drop out here eventually, especially with their self-imposed ban and all that other stuff that they're doing. Duke ranked seven, winning, not ranked at all, winning 72-65 in Duke, an upset 
over Louisville. They've won three straight now. Uh, Duke is finding a way to keep keep getting it done. They're going to find a way to get themselves into the tournament, whether they like it or not. 18-6, they're fine. They're set up. They're going to be okay as long as they keep playing well. They're going to get into the tournament, and they might jump back into the top 25 next week at some point. In the, in the, NCAA, uh, in the NCAA rankings that just came out last night, uh, or yesterday afternoon, I should say, week 14, week of February 8, 2016, Villanova is number one. Clearly, obviously, Oklahoma and uh, Oklahoma and North Carolina lost over the weekend, and they both dropped out of the top two. Maryland is now at number two. Villanova at number one. Oklahoma now at number three. Iowa, number four. Xavier, five. Kansas, six. Virginia, seven. Michigan State at eight. North Carolina dropped all the way back to number nine, and West Virginia is at number 10. And, they, and West Virginia is playing tonight in a big one against Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. That is a huge ball game. That'll be on ESPN, uh, ESPN2, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And another game that's on on an ESPN, two ranked opponents in the Big Ten, Michigan State at Purdue, number eight at number 18. Big time games there. Purdue's favored by one. I take Michigan State. I think they'll get it done there. West Virginia and Kansas is uh, West Virginia and Kansas. Kansas is favored by seven. Look, I'm going to take Virginia. I'm going to take West Virginia on that one. I think West Virginia plus the seven. They're going to find a way to get it done in Lawrence. That's a big, big time uh, lineup there for tonight's games. But back to the rankings. The rankings are interesting. Again, number one, Villanova. Number two, Maryland. Look, it's looking more and more like the, the, the talented team in Maryland is going to find a way to creep up into a number one spot come March because they're the only real team I can see right now that can contend for a national title with the kind of talent they have. Villanova's a small team, Big East school. Clearly the Big East is not what it used to be with the, with the schools that were loaded in it about five, six years ago. Oklahoma, Iowa, uh, all getting number one votes. Kansas got a number one vote. Virginia got a number one vote. Um, it's, it's up in the air right now when it comes to college basketball, and it definitely is scatterbrained mess. When it comes to the situation there in the world of college basketball, 11 through 20, we have Oregon, Miami, Florida, Louisville, Iowa State, Texas A&M, SMU, Arizona, Purdue, Dayton, and Providence. Again, a bunch of no-name schools. Not no-name, but smaller schools, Dayton, Providence. Uh, Providence isn't that small in the Big East, but there's definitely a – a lesser-known school, uh, Texas A&M, is, is dropped way back after they lost to South Carolina over the weekend. Arizona at 17, and then 21 through 25, you got Baylor, Kentucky, USC, Texas, and Wichita State powerhouses that are not quite there in the in the power of scheme of things right now. Playing well enough to get into the tournament, but they're getting on the verge of becoming bubble teams if they don't pick it up here over the next couple of weeks heading into March. Obviously, we got about three weeks until March. And then the, all the conference tournaments will begin. That's when the craziness will start, and that's when everything will get out of out of control, insane. So we had the, we have the rankings out. Obviously, Villanova, Maryland, Oklahoma, Iowa, and Xavier all in the top twenty-five. Let's look at these standings in college basketball. We're going to zoom through these for you real quick. Stony Brook is leading the American East standings, eleven and zero in conference, twenty and four overall. Albany is right behind them at nine and two and twenty and six, nine and two in conference, 20, uh, 20 and six overall. SMU is dominating the conference in the American standings. Temple's right there behind them at eight and three. SMU is nine and two. SMU twenty and two overall. Clearly the best team in that conference. Atlantic ten, Dayton, VCU both tied at nine and one, but Dayton is the better of the two at nineteen and three. St. Joseph right behind them at eight and two, and they're nineteen and four. VCU is seventeen and six. North Carolina eight and two. Virginia, Louisville tied at eight and three in the ACC on one of the bigger conferences in college basketball. Notre Dame creeping up at eight and four, 
Miami at seven and three. All of those teams are really right around the same mark. Duke is seven and four. Really, those top six teams in the ACC are all right around one another, and it is still up in the air in the ACC. Atlantic Sun, North Florida, and Jacksonville are right there, eighteen and eight. North Florida, Jacksonville at fifteen and eleven, but both seven and two in the conference. West Virginia, Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas. Baylor all within two games of one another. Iowa State right there as well at 6-4. and four. That's really the meat of your conference right there. There's a lot to be decided still in the Big 12. That, that conference is way up in the air still. Don't expect a winner anytime soon automatically in the regular season. Villanova and Xavier are clearly the two teams right now in the Big East. Top five overall ranking. Uh, Seton Hall's hanging around. They're 7-4 and four in the conference, but Xavier is at 9-2 and two in the conference. Villanova at 10-1 and one in the Big East. Big Sky Conference, Montana at 9-2, and 14-8 and eight overall. Weber State is 16-7 and seven and 8-2 and two in the conference. Clearly a lot to be decided there in the Big Sky. Big South Conference, UNC Asheville dominating at 10-3, and 7-8 and eight overall. Excuse me, 17 and 8 overall. Coastal Carolina right behind them at 9 and 4, 15 and 8 overall. Iowa, Maryland, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue, Michigan, Wisconsin, even a little bit. Ohio State. The Big Ten has got a lot to be decided. Uh, clearly, the top three teams: Indiana, Maryland, and Iowa. Iowa at 10 and 1 in the Big Ten. Maryland at 10 and 2. Indiana at 9 and 2. There's a lot to be determined still in the Big Ten, and with Michigan State, Purdue, and Michigan, even Wisconsin and Ohio State all right there behind them in the Big Ten Conference. There's still to be a lot to be determined in the Big Ten there. Obviously, a lot of high-ranked teams there in the Big Ten, the Big West. Hawaii and UC Irvine still up there at 18 wins, 7-1 and in the conference. Uh, the Colonial Athletic Association, UNC Wilmington dominating at 10-2, and 18-5 and overall. William and Mary 9-3 and at 17-6. and James Madison and Townsend and Hofstra all right there at 8-4. They still all have a chance against UNC Wilmington at the top spot in the Colonial Athletic Conference USA. UAB 10-1, 20-4 overall. They're hanging around. They might get into the top 25 before we know it. Valparaiso at 20-4, 10-1 in the conference, dominating there. Oakland at 9-3, and Wright State at 9-3, still finding a way in the Horizon League to stay afloat. But that's going to be a conference winner that needs to come out of that one. Ivy League, Yale is dominating at 6-0, 15-5 in overall in the conference the max standings Monmouth at 11 and 2 Iona at 11 and 3 both teams hovering hanging around the top spot Monmouth at 19 and 5 Iona at 14 and 9 that's clearly going to be a, a winning the conference uh, conference right there Mid-American Conference in the east we have Akron 8 and 2 19 and 4 overall leading the conference Ball State and Central Michigan in the western portion at 6 and 4 leading the western conference in that area, Ball State six and four, fifteen and eight. Central Michigan at thirteen and ten. Central Michigan six and ten, six and four overall in the conference, tied with Ball State. MEAC standings: Hampton at nine and two, South Carolina State at nine and two. Both teams fourteen wins, hovering at the top spot in that conference. Missouri Valley standings: Wichita State is dominating at eleven and one and seventeen and six overall in the conference. They're they're way above everybody else in that conference. And then the Mountain West is the same thing: San Diego State undefeated in the conference, eleven and zero, eighteen and six, dominating in the Mountain West standings. Northeast standings: Wagner at eight and four, Fairleigh Dickinson at eight and four, St. Francis PA eight and four. All teams hovering around fifteen and eight, twelve and eleven. They're right around that area. Mount St. Mary's is right there as well. They're right behind them all at 7-5. And, and then the Ohio Valley, Eastern Illinois, 7-4, and 11-13 overall. Uh, but Tennessee Tech is the real winner in that one. And Belmont is right there with Tennessee Tech 9-2, and two, both teams with 17 wins of Tennessee Tech and Belmont in the Ohio Valley standings. The Pac-12, 
Oregon, 9-2, and two, dominating the Pac-12 this year so far. Two games up on USC at 20-4. and four. They clearly are the clear-cut favorite in the Pac-12 as of right now on February 9th. Bucknell dominating the Patriot League at 10-2, and 13-10 overall. SEC, LSU. Think about that. LSU, not even ranked. 8-2 and two in the SEC, leading right now with Ben Simmons and Tim Quarterman dominating on the LSU side for the SEC, 15-8. and eight. South Carolina at 7-3, Texas A&M 7-3, Kentucky at 7-3. That, that, that conference has got a lot of time left to go, so don't expect that one to be determined anytime soon. The Southern standings, Chattanooga dominating at 11-1, 22-3 overall. For Southland standings, Stephen F. Austin, 10-0, undefeated, 17-5, dominating that conference as well. Texas Southern, 9-1, and 10-12, dominating that conference as well at 9-1 and one in the SWAC standings. The Summit League standing, South Dakota State 8-2, and 19-5 and overall in the Summit League standing, the Sun Belt standing. Arkansas, Little Rock at 11-1, and 21-2. Louisiana Lafayette is two games back at 13-8, and but they are 9-3 and in the conference, only two games back of the Sun Belt standings. And then the West Coast standings, Gonzaga up on St. Mary's by a game. Both teams have 19 wins, St. Mary's and Gonzaga. They're dominating that conference. It's going to come down to the wire with those two. And then in the WAC standings. New Mexico State, 8-1, and one, dominating this conference. Grand Canyon and CSU ba- uh, Bakersfield, both right there behind New Mexico State. 17-8 and eight for New Mexico State. Grand Canyon at 20-4, and, and CSU Bakersfield at 17-7. and seven. Seattle U, 6-3, and 12-11, right behind both of them, only two games back of the first place state. Those are your giant standings in the world of college basketball. Think about this, people. In March Madness, Every single one of those conference winners that I mentioned that are leading right now, they could potentially be in the NCAA tournament come March. NCAA basketball, that's your review and your update there. Obviously, the rankings are all up in the air right now when it comes to the top 25, and there are some major games tonight that will decide some serious top 25 contentions. Obviously, Duke upset Louisville last night. But in the top 25, Michigan State at Purdue, big-time Big Ten matchup, 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. The other game on ESPN, two West Virginia and Kansas, number 10 West Virginia at number 6 Kansas, a big-time Big 12 matchup on ESPN, two same time, ESPN, two 7 p.m. Eastern there in the great state of Kansas. That's a big-time NCAA game games for tonight. Clearly, as the All-Star game comes around, college basketball will pick itself up and start making the big-time noise that it needs to in the world of basketball. That is your NCAA recap. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558 here on Episode 68 of the Hooper's Log. And on a beautiful uh, day in the Pacific Northwest on a special TNT Tuesday as they come from you from Toronto with about 30 minutes left in the show. Let's recap what happened in the world of the NBA last night. Clearly, a lot of things happened in the world of the NBA. The Hornets beat on the Bulls. There were a ton of wipe-worthy performances, by the way. I mean an absolute ton of wipe-worthy performances from a night ago. Pau Gasol in the loss to the Hornets. 22 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 blocks, 2 steals, 56 on the wipe-worthy performance scale. Not enough, though, as the Hornets get the victory. They're now 26 and 26 are the Hornets. The Bulls are 27 and 24. The Hornets are only a couple of games back of the Bulls in the loss column. They're right there behind them. Kemba Walker with performance of the night in that game, though. He had 30 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds, and 3 steals, a 56 on the white boy with the performance scale. 
and it was enough to dominate the Bulls in that one. The Kings get dominated by the Cavaliers in Cleveland, 120-100. to LeBron James has his first triple-double of the season, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and two steals, a 58 on the whiteboard performance scale. LeBron James getting it done there. I forgot to mention Nicholas Batum also had a whiteboard performance in the game against the Bulls and Hornets. 19 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, a 50 on the whiteboard with a performance scale. Nicholas Batum got it there as well. Rajon Rondo in that game between the Kings and Cavs had 16 assists, 8 rebounds, 7 points, and 3 steals, a 50 on the whiteboard with a performance scale. And obviously the 16 assists automatically gets you in at a whiteboard with a performance. Kyrie Irving also had an outstanding game. 32 points, 12 assists, 3 rebounds. Kyrie Irving going off in that game there. DeAndre Jordan absolutely dominated for the Clippers as they won in uh, Philadelphia, barely getting it, pulling it off in overtime, winning their 35th game of the season. The Clippers, 98-92. DeAndre Jordan, 21 rebounds, 12 points, and he also had three blocks in that one. Only a 36, but 21 rebounds automatically gets you in the conversation. Lakers and Pacers. Pacers just eke out the victory, 89-87. to uh, obviously, Julius Randle was one rebound shy of a whiteboard-worthy performance. He had 19 rebounds, not quite whiteboard-worthy, but outstanding nonetheless. Uh, the Pacers get the victory. They're keeping pace in that Eastern Conference as the Pacers are at the sixth spot right now as we speak, hovering right behind Atlanta, Miami, and Boston, all right there in the middle pack of the Eastern Conference, Indiana, keeping pace in that tough Eastern Conference. Nuggets and Nets, shot of the night, play of the night. Joe Johnson pulled it off. Off the bank, the bank was open in Brooklyn. Listen to this game winner as the Nets win 105 to 104. 1.3 left. Nets down two. Johnson gets a shot off. Big-time victory for the Nets. Obviously, the, both these teams, the Nuggets are struggling to try and hover for a potential playoff berth. They look like they're kind of getting into that mode of rebuilding. Kenneth Reed had an outstanding game, 22 points, 13 rebounds. Not quite a white forward performance, but outstanding nonetheless. The Nets, though, get the victory. 105-104, obviously, off Joe Johnson's game winner. A big-time win there for him. Uh, and the Nets only win their 14th game of the season. Raptors and Pistons, I know. I know Andrew Norris was watching this one, and the Pistons just absolutely got shellacked. As Kyle Lowry went off for 25.7 assists, not quite whiteboard-worthy, but outstanding nonetheless. As the Raptors win their 35th game of the year, they're now 35-16. and 16. The Pistons are now 27-26, and 26, still hovering in, the, in that eighth spot, only a half a game up on the Charlotte Hornets. And the Detroit Pistons, they couldn't quite pull it off, but the Toronto Raptors are now two, pulled two games behind the Cleveland Cavaliers at 35 and 16, as the Cavs are now 37 and 14. They are right there in the thick of things and near the top in the Eastern Conference are the Toronto Raptors playing outstanding basketball as of late. Again, Kyle Lowry, 25.7 assists. The Orlando Magic, they have the Hawks numbers, don't they? They have won back-to-back games against the Hawks now. They win 117 to 110 in overtime. Nikola Vucevic, another dominating performance, 28 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, a 59 on the white forward performance scale as he absolutely carries this team in overtime, and they get the victory there. But Paul Millsap, 
also had an outstanding game. 22 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals. A 57 on the whiteboard, the performance scale, as he absolutely went off in that one. An outstanding game by uh, an outstanding game by the Orlando Magic in that one as they got it done and they and they got the victory again. They're they're kind of creeping out of their shell now as they've been playing outstanding basketball and finding ways to get it done in times I'm telling you, in times when it when it seems like it's near impossible to compete. They're finding a way to get it done when they're struggling. I mean, this is a team that really played well the first half of the season, and now all of a sudden they've really dropped off the map. They've only won, I think, five or six in their last 30 games. They have not played good basketball, or at least in the last 25. They have not played good basketball, but they're finding a way to pull it out against a really good team in the Atlanta Hawks. The Trailblazers, again, winning in overtime over the Grizzlies. They're now 26-27. and 27. They're still hovering for a potential playoff spot. The Utah Jazz currently have it at 25-25, and 25, but the Portland Trailblazers, if they can find a win, way to get some more victories here over the next couple of days before the break, they can find a way to get into that eighth spot heading into the break. And you talk about a pure snub in Damian Lillard. He went off again last night. 33 points, five assists, four rebounds, very, very close to a whiteboard performance, but not quite as they could not quite get it, as he could not quite get it done. But the Trailblazers get the victory nonetheless over a solid, gritty, gutty Grizzlies team dominating in overtime, outscoring the Grizzlies 10-4 to in the overtime period, winning again 26-27 and now are the Trailblazers. They're 11-16 and on the road. Very impressive stuff there as the Trailblazers keep finding a way to hang into that Western Conference conversation. And the Pelicans, they beat the Timberwolves. They're coming around. They're coming back around. Do, they, do I think they're going to contend in the Western Conference? No. They've dug themselves too much of a hole. Drew Holiday with the white worthy performance, 27 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, and also – Three steals, a 54 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. The Timberwolves, not quite enough. Carl Anthony Towns, though, another monster double-double, 19 points, 12 rebounds. Not quite whiteboard worthy, but outstanding nonetheless. Pelicans getting the victory, 116 to 102. They're now 19 and 32, hovering outside of a potential uh, eighth spot. They're way back. And could they make a run in the second half? They could, but they got to really, really get hot for them to have a chance. And they have a lot that they have to bank off of just to have a chance in that one in the Thunder. Go to Phoenix, the Valley of the Sun, dominate the Suns, 122 to 106. Kevin Durant, again, 32 points, six rebounds, and three assists, absolutely going off in that one. Not quite whiteboard worthy, but absolutely dominating performance nonetheless. The, uh, Russell Westbrook was the real performer in this one, 29 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, eight, and two steals, a 55 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. You can write the Suns off as done. We've been writing it off for a while, but 14 and 39. Their season is in the books when it comes to their ability to get into the postseason. The Thunder winning again, 39-14 and 14 now, 15-9 and nine on the road. I'm telling you, this Thunder team, if they can play some teams in the playoffs, they might, get, they might go on a deep run, and who knows. If they find a way to slither their way through the Western Conference, they could find themselves near the top spot by, you know, by the end of the season, and who knows, maybe they find a way to get to the NBA Finals as they keep playing the way they are playing. Again, that's your recap of the NBA from last night. Players of the week in the NBA, uh, not too shocking. I had Avery Bradley, and uh, I think I had Avery Bradley, and I had someone else. I forget who I had in the Western Conference. Either way, I was wrong. It should have been Avery Bradley, to be 100% honest with you, but it was LaMarcus Aldridge. Again, another, another snub. Why was LaMarcus Aldridge player of the week? I don't know, really. He, he didn't play too great over the last week. He played okay, but he wasn't amazing. Isaiah Thomas, though. From the 2-5-3, where I'm doing the show right now, uh, 
Uh, Isaiah Thomas getting player of the week for the Boston Celtics, clearly the best player on the, on the team in the Celtics. They are playing unbelievable basketball out there in Boston right now as we come to you from CLNS Radio Boston Programming. That is the team right now that is clearly on fire in the NBA, and Isaiah Thomas clearly deserving. I thought Avery Bradley should have got it, but Isaiah Thomas is the, better, is the best player on that team. He's really been the one carrying them in Boston. Some news I wanted to get to before we preview the show for to for uh, preview the ba- world of basketball for tonight. Clearly it's a TNT Tuesday, uh, uh, six games on the docket, I believe. Yeah. Six games on the docket tonight, or should I say five games on the docket, excuse me, five games on the docket in the world of the NBA. Clearly one big one in, uh, in uh, Miami as the Spurs and heat play. But one thing before I say this, uh, obviously we heard about the, the Derek Fisher firing yesterday and George Carl seems to be the next one in line as the Sacramento Kings are, are going to, contemplate firing him here over the next couple of days what, what what's bothering me is more and more we're seeing coaches get fired because the players don't mesh with the coach's strategy why why do you need to why do you need to strategize towards what the players need compared to what the coach wants to implement this team is still young in sacramento they're still figuring out ways to win they're still figuring out an identity and what they need to do george carl is clearly keeping them in the hunt in the Western Conference. Were they good enough to make the playoffs this year? I don't think so. They're still one or two pieces away, at least uh, from a bench perspective, to really compete. Their starting lineup is fine. It's their bench that needs to keep them in games. When it comes to this team's ability to compete in the West, they're not quite there yet. But what's frustrating is that the NBA and most general managers in general are just getting so impatient when it comes to wanting to win and doing the process instead of actually trying to find a way, you know, to, to really grow a long-term success. Now, I understand the Spurs were, were, are a team that have been successful for over 20 years now in the NBA, and no one's going to be the Spurs. It's not going to happen. You don't have the people in place to be them. But at the same time, you have to recognize and look at it from another perspective and see, okay, this, this circumstance in Sacramento is – going to be a fluid motion and a fluid situation for a while considering the players they have there boogie cousins is a guy demarcus cousins is a guy that is going to have attitude problems and circumstances where he doesn't mesh well with the team and he won't mesh well with a lot of guys in general and rajon rondo is also a really tough guy to get along with but he is an outstanding player and outstanding talent and so this team is going to be hard to manage no matter who's in there. And the guy who's done the best job is George Carl. He has done an unbelievable job with this team to this point. And even if they get a high draft pick coming into this season, uh, next season, they're still going to be set and be, and be good. I think they need to have that coach stay there and have them grow that capability of what they want because all you're going to do is keep rotating coaches. If they get rid of George Carl, this will have been – their third or fourth coach in the last two years. Think about that. They will have had four coaches in the last two years, less than two years, if they get rid of George Carl. You need to keep a guy there, grow an identity. You can't let the players run the asylum because if you do, you're not going to be successful. It's been proven in sports, it's been proven overall throughout time. George Carl there and keep that identity growing in Sacramento for they have really taken a big step this season and they're showing the NBA that they're ready to make the next step coming up here soon once they get maybe one more player off the bench or a big-time draft pick in the offseason. Let's preview Tuesday for you in the NBA. Obviously, like I mentioned, a TNT Tuesday, five games on the docket, and uh, the Spurs in Miami, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Clearly, the guys will be coming to you from Toronto in that one as the Spurs and Heat get it going. 
uh, rematch of the uh, outside of last year, the previous two of the last three NBA finals when the Spurs and Heat met in 2014 and in 2013. This game will be played in Miami. Clearly different teams. Tim Duncan won't be there. Obviously, LeBron's in Cleveland now. Um, it's a lot. Uh, Manu Ginobili's out for a while. Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard and, and, and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge are really the three trio right there that's working as of now. Um, the Spurs are the better team. They're favored by seven and a half. Uh, I, I think they're going to win, but I think the Heat will find a way to keep it close. Chris Bosh has been playing outstanding as of late. Hassan Whiteside should dominate down low tonight. Uh, it's really going to have to be LaMarcus Aldridge having to play one of the two guys. And I think the Spurs will find enough to stay competitive and win, but I think the Heat will find a way to keep it close. So if you're picking this from a uh, betting perspective, I would take the uh, I would take the Heat plus the seven and a half. Wizards Knicks Knicks are favored by a point. Take the Wizards. They're going to find a way to bounce back. John Wall should go off in this game in the Garden. He always plays well on a big stage, and Madison Square Garden is always a big stage. Take the Wizards plus the one point. They should get the victory there. Celtics and Bucks. Uh, the Celtics. Uh, are favored by four and a half. Take them. They have been playing outstanding basketball as of late. Now the big men for the Bucks could co- could pose a problem for the Celtics, but I think the Celtics will find a way to counter that and win. Jazz Mavericks. Mavericks are favored by a point and a half. Uh, take the Jazz. I think the Jazz will get the victory in this one. They've been playing outstanding basketball as of late. Gordon Hayward should dominate Car- uh, Chandler Parsons in that one and get the victory for the Jazz. And then the final game on TNT. Rockets at Golden State in Golden State. Golden State's favored by fourteen and a half. Take the Rockets plus the 14.5. The Rockets won't win, but they will find a way to keep it close. Well, that's your preview for tonight, and we got about 30 seconds left on the show. Let's get out of here with a 30-minute show. Again, episode 68 in the book, episode 69 tomorrow, Wednesday, February 10th, 2016. We'll recap what happened for you here on Tuesday on the special TNT Tuesday. We'll also preview for you and a special ESPN Wednesday, and we'll get really into the thick of things, and we'll recap what happened for you in the world of college basketball from tonight. Again, my name is Simo Buckets. Andrew Norris should be back with us tomorrow. Enjoy the basketball, everybody, and the All-Star breaks right around the corner. Enjoy it. Have a good day, everybody.